Welcome to the SaaS Ad Lab podcast, where we bring to you stories of fantastic entrepreneurs in the SaaS space. My name is Luis. I'm the owner and founder of Phantom Agency, a digital marketing agency specializing in scaling SaaS companies. And today we have the pleasure of interviewing Neil, founder of Kaibio. And uh, Neil, thank you so much for being on here today. I really appreciate you taking the time of day. Uh, I understand the time difference can be a little bit difficult sometimes. And uh, with that being said, uh, I did want to mention that Kai, um, Neil was very, very kind to provide us with a 25% off discount on any plan. And uh, we'll go ahead and put the discount code later in the description. And for now, why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself uh, and where you're currently located? Sure, Luis, uh, good to be here. So I'm right now living in Finland and I've been living here for the last seven years. For better part of my life, I've been as a digital nomad. So I've lived in England for a while, I've lived in Thailand, and now I'm living in Finland. And I like to move around quite a bit, but I was only able to do that, you know, initially when I had a lot of financial means to do so. And when I was working in a job in England back in 2010, I was actually fired from that job because uh, it was in the banking sector. And when the recession hit, uh, hit, you know, I was doing software development. And a couple of years later, we felt the ripples as well. And because of that, I lost my job and, you know, I kind of had to make some money quickly. Mm -hmm. I had to make about um, 6,000 pounds and no, 8,000 pounds in six months. And unfortunately, I wasn't able to do that. I started freelancing, but even then I wasn't able to make the money that I had to. So I had to leave the country. Uh, but I realized a new avenue, basically freelancing to begin with. Then I started doing copywriting for other people. And then I started creating products of my mm -hmm. own as well. Because I realized that, that was the only way to build a long-term income is to have uh, digital assets that I can continually sell once they've been created. And aside from being from leaving that position and then, then starting your own thing, were you always very entrepreneurial, meaning you, you liked to do things, you know, that just you, that came from you uh, that you wanted to put out there? Or was this more of a situation where it was a pressure that made you figure something out? God, I wish I was more entrepreneurial, but no, I mean, for me, it was completely born out of necessity. Uh -huh. uh, I, you know, my, my, both my parents are, you know, middle-class family. They, when I graduated, they said, okay, what job are you going to get? Even now, they say, well, you know, what if this doesn't work out? What job are you going to get? Uh -huh. So I've never had that intrinsic drive to be an entrepreneur. It's something I've had to kind of push myself into, which I'll be honest, makes it a little bit tougher. I mean, I don't have any stories of me selling lemonade on a hot uh -huh. summer day or, you know, swapping things out to make a great buck. So I think that natural instinct I don't have. So it is something I constantly have to work towards to make sure that I don't lose that edge that I have when it comes to, you know, selling or hustling. Yeah, and I think you mentioned the good thing right there with, you know, the, the middle class family. And I come from a very, very similar place. And it's almost, it's more of a mentality thing, right? When you really think about it. And I feel like my parents kind of did the same thing too at the beginning and it's, they're telling you like, what is this doesn't work. And, 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 and I personally, I just tell them like, I don't need that kind of negativity. And you know, like I just, I, I can't be like thinking about that because it, it's, I believe in manifestation and things like that. And if you keep thinking about something happening, then that is what's going to happen. So I just try to block off as much of that as possible and try to focus on the one thing essentially being the business. And I think that's what every entrepreneur uh, whether it comes from pressure or whether it comes from within, uh, I think that's the one thing that they need to focus on is just keep working on it. And obviously, you know, there's 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 levels to it where you get people like Gary Vee uh, and now they're struggling with things like struggle porn and things like that, where the key, like, or people, I think people are taking it the wrong way, but they mention you know, working literally every single minute of the day, which is just not even, um, you know, sustainable and it's not healthy. So I think there's, there's 
obviously a, a point in time when you have to realize, well, this really isn't going to work. Uh, and then you also realize when there's definitely potential in what I'm doing right now. And I think it's important to, um, to fail fast and fail forward. So, you know, learn from what you're doing. Uh, if something doesn't work, tweak it, pivot, but just keep going and then make sure that you're analyzing and, and really understanding what it is you're doing. And, and most importantly, enjoy it at the same time. So, yeah. And I think there's a bit of rebel in me as well that wants to push back when people say something can't be done. I think that kind of moves me forward and spurs me on mm -hmm. to just, you know, prove them wrong. Absolutely. And uh, essentially, so let's talk a little bit more about keep, Kaivio now. Uh, it, it looks like, you know, so this wasn't, um, where did the idea come from, essentially? Sure. So back in the day, there's a, there was a marketer called Susanna Theresia. Unfortunately, she passed away earlier this year. But, you know, she had a lot of different products around funnel building, membership site building, email marketing, and she wanted to bring them all under one roof. So she came up with the idea of a product called InstaSuite. And uh, she reached out to me because I was uh, marketing quite actively in the IM space for quite a while. And she said that she wanted to uh, kind of, you know, I think the various reasons I'll, I'll unfreeze that, but she wanted to make sure that she takes the product out to the market and gets as much following as she can to it. So she reached out to us, we worked together, eventually we ended up buying her out. But the goal was to bring a lot of tools that people use under one ecosystem and make sure they talk to each other, make sure they work together really well. So what are some of the features that Kaivio brings together. I mean, I mean, there's obviously there's a ton of moving pieces, right? Um, where you need emails and you need squeeze pages or funnels and, and things like that. Um, payment uh, processing. So is that everything that's included or why don't you just tell us a bit more about the actual product and, and what the capabilities are? Sure. So we have a funnel builder and uh, right now it's more block based kind of funnel builder where you have, you know, blocks and you drop things into it. But in February, we're looking to release a new uh, Funnel Builder update, which is going to just change the whole thing. It's going to be more freeform Funnel Builder. So you drag and drop and move it wherever on the page you want. So that way, you can kind of really visualize the changes you want to see, and you're not restricted by the builder itself. Plus, it's going to be really, really fast because we're spending a ton of money with Google Cloud Platform to make sure that we can serve traffic really fast. Uh, then we've also got a membership site builder, where if you want to build out a course, list it out, you can do that as well. And, uh, you know, it's, it's very functional, which means as soon as you get in, you can be up and running with a new membership site in the next five minutes. Same thing with the email marketing. We have an email marketing interface. We ask you to bring your own SMTP, and we prefer to use SendGrid or MailGun because uh, they're pretty good. And uh, we integrate with them directly. And once you put that in, you can start sending a broadcast to automation and do a few smart things as well so that you can move leads around between your various lists. So these are three core things we have, like you talked about, uh, you know, payment integration, for example, we integrate with all major networks such as ClickBank, JVZoo, uh, ThriveCard, and so on. But then we also have native integrations with uh, PayPal and Stripe. One of our intentions for next year is to also serve the physical product community better by helping them make funnels uh, within Kaivio as well. So, I mean, lots of moving parts, like you said, a lot of different things happening. But I think for me, when I think about the USP itself, which is, you know, unique selling proposition that mm -hmm. comes up often, the one thing is that it's a smart platform in that, you know, because you're able to house everything together, we don't need to connect with Zapier for everything. We don't need to uh, call into different API things. It all kind of talks to each other internally. Yeah. The second thing is that we are a software-first company, which means that we spent about 70% of our resources, finances into software development. 
and you know we take care of our customers all the time that are supporting them the best mm -hmm. uh, in a similar class of market and class of suit of software and uh, we focus more on that to make sure that our customers get the best experience mm -hmm. now and you know you're talking a little bit more about the product itself and and i'm interested in understanding uh what is the 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 idea that came from instead of and i'm looking i looked at the, the website earlier but essentially how did you decide to price the product so that was a tough one and i sometimes you know wonder if we priced ourselves uh, too high too quickly mm -hmm. but when we initially opened up we knew that with such a suite of products we didn't really want to go for a low price because you know our competition itself and ClickFunnels is one of them, Kajabi, Teachable, others as well, mm -hmm. are charging quite a lot. So one thing I didn't want to do was go low recurring. The other thing I didn't want to do was offer lifetime forever because I see tools doing that all the time uh -huh. and that's just not sustainable long term. I mean, you know, we now integrate with tools that cost us, for example, a dollar per month per site, that's weird. And we have over, I think, close to 8,000 sites created on our platform at the moment. So we knew that if we had to, uh, you know, continue to sell this. If we had to continue to, uh, you know, sustain and grow as a company, we had to charge a recurring fee. Like I said, we, uh, you know, think sometimes we maybe price ourselves a little bit too high, but we still get sales every day. I think people are happy using it to mm -hmm. stick around for quite a while as well. So that's not a big issue. But still, I would like it to be more available, especially to people, say, in Latin America, who could use, you know, discount because of disparity between. Mm -hmm. uh, how much they can afford to spend on something like this. Right. So if I would change uh, the price, that's what I would do. Make it more available to people, say, in Latin America, Africa, or some parts of Asia. What could be an easier way to do something like that instead of just cutting the price? Would you, if, if you, you know, and not that this is happening at the moment or anything like that, but just theoretically speaking, if you were to essentially want to penetrate in a different market like Latin America, what would what do you think would be, you know, what had to happen in order to do that? Would you slash the cost of the product but also maybe remove some of the, the some of the capabilities with it uh, maybe less integrations maybe a, a limited amount of you know funnels that they can create and things like that or how would you go about it so you mentioned about less integrations and that's actually one of the things we're looking at so again middle of next year we're planning to start translating the platform into spanish to begin with because you have a lot of spanish customers and you know when we go out there and sell say at a lower price one thing we will have to do is just remove a ton of integrations and only make the core integrations they need available. So for example, I know Hotmart is often requested by people from Brazil. So we'll make that available, but then maybe take away PayPal and Stripe or mm -hmm. JVZ and ClickBank. And of course, if someone does want all those things, they can still upgrade to the full version. They will have Spanish regardless as a language. But you know that's something we will actually have to do. And it's, it's similar with India. If you want to go into that market, you might have to integrate with their specific platforms and take away everything else that's not really necessary for them. Absolutely. So yeah, that's that's definitely the the I think the easier way to do it, and it's not necessarily you know messing a lot with the product and the infrastructure and everything. Um, and then the other thing that I wanted to talk about is you know still on pricing is you have a product that you know can take care of a lot of different things, right? So you get email uh, funnels, automation, and things like that. And when you think about it, if you're able to take all those tools and put them together, um, someone that's using them separately, let's say they're going through Instapage and they're using Active Campaign, they're already paying way more than what the product is going to be at the end, right? So it's it's you know when you look at it comparatively, it's still a better product for a lower price, and I think that's why people keep coming to you. Um, essentially, it's just getting a better product for a better deal, right? Whether it, it 
it may seem a little bit expensive to you, um, but when you're thinking about these people using 10 different tools to do the thing that you can do with one, then it's definitely worth it. Um, not only that, but it saves them a ton of time, um, whether it's just going into different websites, logging in, and trying to move everything and make it work together when in, in this case, it's just one fluid uh, product that can take care of everything. So I, that's one of the things I like about uh, suites like, like Kaibio that take care of a lot of things. Um, but I think it's definitely a good product. So uh, I, I definitely want to learn a little bit more about it. And now I do want to talk a little bit more about, um, you know, what's been, what's the one thing that you're currently focused on for Kaibio? So the one thing that we're focused on is uh, pushing out the new uh, update live, which is Kyber 2.0, uh, which would mean that we have a completely new builder for mm -hmm. our funnels. And, you know, it will also be impacted in the membership sites. And uh, I think that's a core focus. It's uh, taking us more time and costing us a bit more because we are rebuilding the entire infrastructure uh, for that on the, on the back end. But that's something I'm really looking forward to because honestly, I mean, well, once that's out, we'll leave a lot of competition in the dust. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited about that. Yeah, that's awesome. Congratulations, man. And uh, as far as, let's, let's talk a little bit more about the ugly part of business and entrepreneurship, right? So what's been one of the biggest issues and struggles that you faced while building this product? Um, it's a good question. And uh, I mean, the thing is that, you know, I lead the CEO, so I'm the CEO of the company. So I lead the admin side and I lead the marketing side as well sometimes when I have to, operations, that sort of thing. And we have a dedicated CTO in our company. He's Stephen, he's a good friend of mine, but sometimes him and I lock horns on how things should be done, even on his end. And, and that's mostly because, you know, if some deadlines aren't met, you know, I think something should be simple enough, but of course it's never as simple as that. So I think uh, when it comes to partnerships, and, and he's a full-on nomad, digital nomad, so he travels quite a lot. So I think uh, a difficult part perhaps has been to be on the same page all the time and to have same expectations all the time uh, with things that we have common uh, you know, responsibility for. So I think that's been the tough part, but we try and meet twice or twice a year. And when we do, you know, we talk about a lot of things, our vision, mission, culture, and you know, it kind of balances out after that. But, it is important that when you're working a remote team to be able to meet the people you work with once in a while. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, especially in the SaaS space, a lot of companies are remote and there's a ton of things going on. So I think, you know, even if it's just having like a morning scrum or something like that, every once in a while, just to make sure that everyone's on the same page, make sure that processes are being met, deadlines are being met. And, and, you know, essentially that the, everything's working properly, but most importantly, I think that, people need to be happy, right? In an organization and also feel challenged at the same time. So if, for example, you have someone that's just not happy at all anymore uh, with the work that they're doing, then they're not going to be efficient. The product's not going to be as good as it should be or as it could be. Um, and it's just, you know, looking for that type of thing. And you mentioned culture, which I think is very, very big uh, in really any sort of business and understanding that the needs that people have and making sure that you meet them. Uh, is very important and it's kind of hard at the very beginning especially if you have you know uh if you if you're a one-man team then you don't necessarily know how to deal with things like that and especially as you scale um it's things that you need to figure out uh throughout the process um and uh so yeah i, I think that's that's you know that's a great point uh, partnerships tend to be i feel like it could be whether it makes the product or breaks it um but making sure that both people are on the same page and sometimes it's good not to be on the same page because it allows you, it, it allows you to see things from a different perspective 
Uh, and that's going to lead you to finding different solutions, finding different options and things like that. So it's good. Um, but I think it's, it's good when, when those types of things are, are dealt the right way, right? Um, obviously. Um, and uh, with that being said, what's been one of the most effective uh, marketing tactics when it came to actually scaling? Because you mentioned you had about 8,000 websites built on Kyvio, correct? Yeah, that's right. So we've had about 8,000 sites built on Kyvio. And uh, I think, again, my video is frozen. I apologize. I'll unfreeze that. So what's, uh, what didn't work for us was running ads to, say, you know, trial offers or yearly offers. And again, maybe I'm the one doing something wrong there. Uh, maybe I haven't spent enough time in running uh, those kind of ads and understanding the psychology behind it. But we've had trouble, you know, uh, to get an ROI from getting people indoctrinated with that content, then sending them to actually buy the product. Instead, what's worked well for us is actually doing mid to high ticket webinars. I mean, between $497 to $997 webinars, we will still run ads. We tell people exactly what it is. It's a, it's a webinar. They're going to find some, they're going to learn some new things about how to do a specific thing, which is say building products or building our courses. And from that, you know, we pitch them an offer and that offer is usually $497 to $997 plus recurring after say six to 12 months. And, you know, if they don't buy, they still end up in an automated sequence where, you know, we can continue to sell them our other information-based products or just to try and offer us to Kyvio as well. So doing that has given me an extra way to market because just sending people straight to the homepage, the pricing page wasn't really effective. It wasn't giving us an ROI, but this really has. So that's mm -hmm. what I recommend to anyone who has a SaaS but is struggling to sell it with paid traffic methods. And do you think the main reason for that is because now they're, they're putting themselves in a position where they're learning about the product? Uh, is it because someone is explaining it to them and then really walking them through what it is that they can do? Um, because I, I feel like that's one of the issues too that I've faced before uh, is that the, the, even though you know, it's very, very easy to sign up for a $1 trial or a free, free trial or whatever it is, um, people don't do it. And I think that's because there's just a lack of understanding of the product even when they have something like a VSL or something like that on the page, a video sales letter, um, because the, I think they just need a, a more personal approach to it where you're kind of walking through it and they understand exactly what the products can do and what they can do with it. Um, do you think that's why this is happening? Absolutely. I think that's the main reason because, you know, Kyvio is not a complex product, but it is a big product, which means I can't really condense it into a 10 minute long video. I can, of course, condense the benefits and features, but to really show what it does and to show how other people are using it, I think a webinar is a great way to do that. So that's why a lot of people come to the webinar because they want to see the technology in action. They want to see some steps as well. And honestly, for those that can't make it, there's a replay. For those that don't want to watch an hour long video, you usually follow through with a smaller 10 minute long VSL, which again is not as effective, but at least it still gets some people back into the offer. Mm -hmm. Beautiful, beautiful, great, great information. And as far as finding the right audience uh, for your product specifically, there's a couple of big players in the industry like ClickFunnels, um, but essentially how did you find who it was that you have to go to? Is it really anyone that is in a consulting kind of niche or, or coaches and things like that? Uh, or do you notice that a lot more people from different industries and niches are joining uh, Kyvio as well? So I think that's a very difficult question that we have to answer ourselves a little bit too late. So, so here's the thing. When we started with this product, we did a product launch, which meant we invited a lot of affiliates. We said, 
come promote this product. And if you would promote this with the angle of hey, here's all in one platform, and uh, it will help you do all these different things. And for a while that works till people start thinking this is a generalist platform. There's nothing specific. There's nothing uh, you know specific about it. So what we had to do was find our product market fit, which meant okay. Typically, marketers were using a platform, but that's too broad a niche to go after if you're trying to advertise or if you're trying to, uh, you know, go to different Facebook groups or do SEO marketing for that matter. So we said, okay, let's focus on one thing that we can quantify results with. So a lot of our membership uh, site creator uh, folks are actually, you know, selling a lot of products. I mean, so far within the last uh, 12 months alone, they have made over a million and a half dollar plus uh, altogether from this and that's something I can quantify. So we thought, okay, let's target course creators. Initially I thought we'll target coaches, but coaches, you know, tend to do things outside of Kaivia as well. So it's not something we can completely serve within Kaivia. So we thought we'd go after, uh, go after course creators. And since we've done that, uh, and if you go to our sales page, you might see our homepage, you might see different headlines. So it's still testing. But since we've done that, our conversion rates have gone up and uh, our sticky rate has gone up as well because people come in with a clear expectation Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm a course creator. This is for me. So that part's really worked well for us. That's awesome. Uh, I think that's one of the best things to do. And, and you mentioned something that I really like, and that's the fact that if I go on the website right now, I could see something completely different because you're still trying to understand, you know, and always, always testing uh, to find the right fit and, and the right, you know, people that are going to be enjoying the platform uh, and getting the most out of it. And I think it's very important to find that product market fit early on. Uh, even though obviously it is hard, right? You, you're not going to know when you have a hundred customers. You, I think there's a, there's a tipping point, um, uh, and really understanding who your niche is, who your audience is. Uh, but that's awesome. And I think, uh, that it's something that you can see with a lot of different, uh, products as well is that, you know, you don't really know until you, you start noticing a trend, um, happen and things like that. So, uh, I think that's awesome. And, uh, as far as, um, you know, I don't know. Did you freeze? Are you still there? Yeah. Oh, sorry. I think I'll unfreeze that. I'm still here. Sorry. No worries. Um, what, what's, what would you say is the, the biggest accomplishment and you can, you know, uh, this is time to, to show that ego, uh, as far as with, with Kaivio, what's the biggest accomplishment? What's the thing you're most proud of? Um, so when we, you know, recently what we did was we started a side group with Kaivia as well. And that group is called My First Thousand. And the goal of that group is I truly really want to help people who genuinely want to make money online by taking what they know, their knowledge and turn that into something they can sell. That's really my, my mission. And that's Kaivia's mission as well uh, by default. And what's really good is, you know, since we started that group, I've been giving away a lot of free training. What's really good is to see them getting results. I mean, every couple of weeks or so, someone new pops up, it's a small group, still like 1,200 people. Every couple of weeks or so, someone new pops up and says, hey, I made my $1,000, you know, when do I get a free t-shirt? Which is awesome because <laughs> we get an interview and we give away a free t-shirt to them as well. So I think that really makes me happy is people who have overcome the mental barrier that I can't do it, they do it, they get results. And now, you know, after that, going from 1,000 to 10,000, it's really easy. It's really fast as well. So I think that's been the, the main driver for us to see people getting results with uh, free training that we're giving away as well. That's awesome. I think I, I, I like that because it, you're actually using like gamification, right? To, to motivate the, the individuals that are 
in the group. Uh, obviously, they, they have something to look forward to. And obviously, it's more, it's more than just the shirt, right? It's knowing that you have what it takes to actually make money online and, and do something with the product that you're currently paying for, which is always important too. Uh, so that's great. And I think that creating communities is very important. And this is something that I touched on in a past podcast too. Um, essentially, you know, if, if you were to do this one-on-one, it would be just not scalable at all, right? So you can't go and sit there with, with each one of those, I think you said 1,200 people in that group and, and yeah. train them and talk to them, right? But you have a platform where you can go and, and say something but the beauty about it is that the people that are in that group become promoters of the product. So if someone has a question, there's already someone in the group that's been doing it for, I don't know, two years and maybe they just started, they're going to go in there and add and answer the question and you don't even have to touch anything. So you just have people that are uh, loving the product so much and they're helping you grow it and, and, and also helping you train others and answer their questions. Essentially it's a way to almost duplicate yourself because you have a little tribe that, you know, believes in the product and believes in, in, in what it is as a whole. Um, so I think that's awesome. And, and I really like the fact that, you know, when I asked this question about accomplishing and, and, you know, what are you proud of? And this is what you mentioned is helping people. And I think that's very important. And I think that's something that a lot of people miss um, in entrepreneurship is that they, they, they're just thinking about money. Right. And I mean, it's important, obviously it's, it's a good thing. It's nice to make money, but Essentially, if, if you're making a ton of money, but you're not doing anything meaningful that's fulfilling, like helping people, um, you know, obviously those $1,000 for that specific person, it's not just $1,000. It, it could mean uh, they're going to get to pay their rent or their mortgage or they get to feed their families, right? Uh, so it's, it, it goes far beyond just making money online. So I think that's, that's the beautiful thing about, you know, being able to help people at scale. So that's awesome. And uh, we're getting kind of closer to the 30 minutes, but I did want to ask you um, with, with, you know, having such big players in the industry, uh, like ClickFunnels and things like that, how are you differentiating yourself um, and how are you positioning Kaibio to be different than the ones out there? Sure. I mean, it's, um, you know, competition is both a good thing and a bad thing. It's of course a bad thing because we are in what Russell himself calls a red ocean Mm-hmm. And we're competing with some some big whales. I mean, not even sharks, big whales. Uh, but on the other hand, with their fall, it gives us an opportunity to do better. So mm-hmm. it's like, I mean, you know, with all respect to them, I think that they're an awesome company. I think they're doing a great job. Uh, but we can slowly chip away at what they're not good at. For example, with Kaibio, I think, as I mentioned earlier, that we are a software-first company, which means that we're less focused on aggressive selling and mm-hmm. more focused on actually giving help to those who need and whenever they're ready, letting them buy the software and use it to get results with. So, you know, in that sense, our model really is more value driven. And that value is defined by how successful our customers are and uh, how happy they are with what they have purchased. So mm-hmm. not as aggressive sales, first of all. Secondly, uh, with a lot of these technologies that we talked about earlier as well, including ClickFunnels, unfortunately, they are built on archaic um, codes and infrastructures. And again, I mean, that just happens to be because they were built three, four years ago. So with how we're differentiating now is that with the new build that's coming out, which has taken us over a year to build, to develop and, and you know, bring it all together, it's much faster. It mm-hmm. is, I mean, you wouldn't believe like sites loading in under a second. And that's because we know that if we do that, the conversions of our customers will go up. I mean, imagine spending, uh, you know, $1,000 a day in paid traffic. 
if your site loads in say five seconds or if your site loads in one second, you know, it's a massive difference in yeah. ROI that you can generate from that ad spend. So for us, because we're a software focused company, because our CTO is really good, you know, that's kind of our big differentiator is that we know what businesses need and we want to provide to them as fast as possible. That's awesome. I love that. And uh, as far as let's, let's switch a little bit more into a personal approach and uh, what are some of the best or actually what is the best book that you've read um, that provides, you know, that provided you with knowledge um, that's apl applicable to, to creating a company and doing it in a successful way? Um, so I think it was, I can't remember the name of the author. I think it was Simon Sinek. I'm not sure, but the book's name is uh, Find Your Why. Okay. And in that he talks about, you know, why and the company culture, like why is it that you, you are doing this? Why do you want to do this? And, and it's never the first thing. Like, you know, we talked about being an entrepreneur. Uh, you know, the first reason we do it is because we want to make money. Sure. But then why do you want to make money? So you go deeper and deeper and you figure out what your why is and you figure out how that why could be the bigger why of your entire company and how everyone within your team as well has different whys and how they all tie back into what the bigger why is as well. And I think that's been the big uh, kind of revelation for me is that anything that we do, even though we might, you know, our, our motivation time to time might change, but intrinsic motivation, the deep motivation always stays the same. Uh -huh. And that's your why. I mean, that's why you're doing it. Some people do it to prove others wrong. Some people do it to feel good about themselves. Some people do it to, you know, give value to others and, and build something that lasts. So whatever that is, once you find it, once it becomes a why of your company, your business, then I just think, you know, the, the communication, the trust with your customers becomes so much easier. That's awesome. With that being said, and yeah, I, I think you already mentioned it in one of the questions I asked, but let's just regurgitate again. Uh, what is your why? Um, so our mission is to basically help people go from the knowledge economy to the entrepreneurial economy, which is turn what they know, what's in their head, what they're good at into something they can sell. Because I strongly believe that in the next 20 to 30 years, there'll be a time when a major you know, percentage of the population will be unemployed because of automation, because mm -hmm. of, uh, you know, lack of, of needs of those services, especially with a lot of young population, for example, in Asia and Africa and all the population in Europe. So I think the demographics are changing. I think a lot of people will lose their job, but one way to stay relevant, one way to stay, uh, you know, rich, wealthy is to make sure that you use your expertise, whatever you know, and you teach other people about it. You make sure other people can get some value out of that. So that's something, that's a process you want to help uh, you move in the right direction. Awesome. I love it. Uh, I actually had a good conversation with, with a friend about this whole, um, you know, going from a, a knowledge kind of perspective. And, and we were talking about professors specifically that are currently teaching in schools and what the future looks like for them. And, you know, mm -hmm. the smart ones that, that essentially pivot or start trying different approaches of teaching. So it'll definitely be interesting to see what happens uh, here in the coming years with everything that's happening. And, the thing is that everything is moving so quickly uh, and we just, I feel like we just don't even know when something's coming right. And I think if, if you get on something early on and you capitalize on the fact that it's available, uh, you know, and, and it's scalable because there's going to be a point in time when everyone's going to be doing something similar. So it's definitely good to do it early uh, and, and make a name for yourself or do something like that. Right. So uh, that's awesome. I haven't read the book, but I really, 
I can see where both, you know, what you learned from that book is being applied into Kaibio. So that's awesome. And uh, do you have any questions for me? Um, so no questions at this stage, I guess. You said initially early on when we talked, uh, you know, when you introduced that you run official marketing agency for SaaS businesses. Oh. So um, what do you do that is different to any other digital marketing agency? I'll throw this back at you for a second. <laughs> What we do that's different, it's really focused on the systems that are in place, right? Where I feel like a lot of people are just sending traffic to whatever website or something like that. Uh, and I think uh, personally, I really appreciate looking at things like psychology and, and, and user behavior and things like that and apply that into marketing campaigns where, and that kind of falls on, on you know, with the name of the company, which is Phantom, essentially doing things in a manner that aren't necessarily super salesy and, and, and it's going to feel unique and, and, you know, not like an advertising, not loud or anything like that. It's just subtle, but to the point and, and, and uses psychology approaches that get you to, to, you know, hit on the pain points and things like that and understand, but also a lot of marketing automation being put in place with different integrations and things like that. A lot of different systems that we use um, to help and, and really understanding the product, right? Because every single product is going to be different. Like you said, uh, driving traffic to the pricing page for you isn't going to do uh, what you wanted it to do and understanding what the, the moving pieces need to be, whether we need to, you know, explain to people what the product is and how to use it, whether we have to send them to a VSL that's going to be a lot more scalable um, and things like that. So it's really understanding the process and the ecosystem of the product uh, to know what we need to showcase to the right audience, um, you know, essentially to get them to, to either do the trial, go to the webinar, um, sign up, and so on. Sure, I get it, cool. So that's, uh, that's kind of like the, the answer there. Uh, anything else? No, I think we're good, but I appreciate that answer. Absolutely. Uh, thank you, Neil, for hopping on the interview with me today. It was a pleasure speaking with you. Uh, I really appreciate you know people like yourself hopping on here and telling us a little more about the story their journey, their struggles, and opening up to the audience, right? Essentially, the point of the SaaS AdLab podcast is to allow someone like you that's been in the, in the industry for some time and, and share your knowledge, right? And then ability to, to, again, pretty much what Kaivio is all about. It's teaching what you're an expert in. And, and hopefully, uh, somebody that's, you know, below or just starting out can get something valuable and actionable from it. Uh, to understand maybe how to the price they the product or are they doing something wrong? Maybe, you know, they don't know their why yet. So hopefully one of the things that was mentioned today is, is of value to someone. Uh, and I think it will be. So again, thank you for taking the time of the day to, to be on here with me. And I really appreciate it. Uh, and one last question, where can people find you online? So um, if you just want to learn from me, the best place to go would be my first thousand group on Facebook. Just search for my first thousand. Uh, one just numbers one zero zero zero, and you'll find that. Otherwise, you know, if you have a question, anything I can help with, just reach out to me on my Facebook, send me a message, and if I can, uh, if I'm able to, I'll respond. But even if it's not a good question for me, even if I'm busy, I'll let you know if that's the case, and uh, we can still see about that. Awesome, awesome. Thank you for that. And you can find me on pretty much Instagram. That's really the only place where I do anything. Uh, it's c a m a c h o dot f t m and Phantom Agency with an F. And if you're a SaaS founder, entrepreneur, CEO, and you want to be on the podcast, or you want to join the group, make sure you do so. It's SaaS Ad Lab. Uh, and uh, I challenge every single one of you to go out and do something that's going to impact you for the better. 
whether that is, you know, starting your product or figuring out your why, uh, go ahead and do that. And again, thank you so much, Neil, for hopping on here today. It was an absolute pleasure speaking. Thank you, Lewis. Thank you. Bye-bye.